For all your fantasy football needs, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with me, Danny Kelly, along with Danny Heifetz and Craig Horlbeck. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com slash FYC. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. It is Tuesday, November 14th. This week marks a major milestone in the media and entertainment business. Rupert Murdoch is retiring. I hope he gets a nice gold watch. I'll actually put retiring in scare quotes because Lachlan Murdoch, Rupert's son and the CEO of Fox Corp, which is the parent company of Fox News, Fox Sports, and the Fox TV network. He said Rupert will still be very involved in the company, and I believe that. But the dude is 92, and while he built one of the biggest and most influential media empires of all time, he sold most of it to Disney in 2019 for $71 billion, a deal that increasingly looks like a great one for the Murdochs and not such a great one for Disney, or at least the Disney balance sheet. The remaining Fox is interesting because it's pretty small, but it isn't losing billions on a general interest streaming service like the other media companies. Most of its revenue comes from Fox News, which, of course, has many, many issues, but it continues to generate more than a billion dollars in profit each year. It's also got NFL rights until 2033, an eternity in the TV business. And while it has largely sat out these streaming wars, Fox does own Tubi, one of the leading free ad-supported TV services, which is growing pretty fast. Moffat Nathanson, the research firm, put out a note a couple weeks ago after earnings. Quote, Fox falls into a category unto itself. Even as the linear world changes dramatically around it, we feel Fox's situation is more or less unchanged and arguably continues to even improve, end quote. But what's the long-term plan for Fox? The Murdochs haven't really said, and just riding out the cable TV bundle into the ground probably isn't a recipe for longevity. We've done shows about the legal and moral problems at Fox News and about succession battles within the Murdochs, but that's not today. Today, I wanted to pull back and talk about the business of Fox. So I asked Brian Stelter to come on the show. Brian is a media savant. He was at the New York Times and then CNN, where he hosted the Reliable Sources show for CNN and CNN Plus, RIP CNN Plus. He launched the popular newsletter, Reliable Sources, as well, and he's reported a ton on Fox, Fox News, the disinformation that led to the $800 million settlement in the Dominion case. He's got a new book out on Fox today, actually, called Network of Lies, 
the epic saga of Fox News, Donald Trump, and the battle for American democracy. So he's good to talk about the post-Rupert future of Fox, what the plan is there, if any, and whether it even has a future. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Brian Stelter, who, in addition to being one of the most knowledgeable people that I know about the media business, he has many titles these days. He's a special correspondent at Vanity Fair. He is a producer of The Morning Show, which is uh, the Apple show that is based on his book about the morning TV wars. And now he is the author of a very incendiary new book about Fox called Network of Lies. Welcome, Brian. Incendiary. I love that. Thank you. It's, I mean, it is incendiary. Listen, you have been one of the biggest antagonists for Fox. They hate you. Do they still make fun of you on the air? I remember they used to like show unflattering photos of you all the time. And like, you have must have the thickest skin because when you were at CNN, they would make fun of you all the time and it would get personal and you would just like trudge through it. Well, Greg Gutfeld is still making a lot of fat jokes at my expense. And and I, I'll admit, I used to cringe a little bit at those jokes. And, and now I just, I kind of think he's getting too predictable and too repetitive. I mean, honestly, what an asshole. Like, you're not even on CNN anymore. But it was motivation to lose 30 pounds this year. So thank you, Greg Gutfeld. Oh, good for you. Good for you. All right. Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate Greg. Greg's, Greg's motivation on the air. That's what he was for me. <laughs> uh, all right. Well... You know Fox better than anybody I know. I mean, you have studied that place and you have amazing sourcing there. And I want to talk today a little bit broader than just Fox News, because I think people who listen to the show, they kind of know the basics that Fox News is, you know, not a real news network. It is a propaganda vehicle that has, you know, come under fire and had to pay almost $800 million because of the election lies. And it is an amazing business because it has carved out a niche in media that no one else will go to. And thanks to Roger Ailes, has pioneered this. It exists in its own universe of news, entertainment, sensation, politics, spin. That we all know. But I want to talk today about Fox as a business. Right. Because of all the issues, how is it going at Fox? Well, they have a pretty unique story to tell, for better or worse. You know, this story about live news and sports. Uh, and that is different from a lot of the other players out there, all the other subscale players. Fox News is, you know, like it or not, and a lot of people don't, it is a monopoly in uh, on the right. Uh, Newsmax, One American News, these players, uh, Steve Bannon, all these wannabes, they have not been able to take serious market share away from Fox. Yes, it, it briefly, when Tucker Carlson was ousted last April, yes, Newsmax briefly benefited. But Fox News never has, has mostly come back. It never sticks. Fox now, all these people who leave, they never do anything. I mean, Megyn right. Kelly is still yelling at people on her podcast and on Twitter, and Bill O'Reilly tried to do his own thing. Glenn Beck had his own thing, The Blaze, for a while. Now Tucker Carlson is trying to do I mean, that is the ultimate leverage that the Murdochs have had over these people, is that Fox is the star and you can be a part of the orbit or you can leave and try to do it on your own and good luck to you. 
and ultimately, that's what happened with Tucker as well. He'll, he'll be off you know, doing a new venture, and I think he'll find some fans there. He's trying to do that on Twitter or X right now. But the reality is, Fox News is still this formidable beast, uh, despite the liberal fantasies of the contrary. It is a formidable machine. And, of course, that's true on the sports side as well. So uh, you've got to give credit uh, or blame. you got to give acknowledgement uh, for that part of the company. And then, you know, also beyond news and sports animation, you know, they've tried to own more of their entertainment assets. They're selling some of those internationally. So Lachlan does not have an entirely sour story to tell as he formally takes over. You know, Rupert Murdoch officially stepping aside, uh, number 15th for News Corps, number 17th for Fox Corps. Uh, by the way, shout out. Thank you, Rupert, for doing it same week as my book launch. Very much appreciated. Uh, he's <laughs> I know. The Listen, network of lies rollout. Well, remember, you know, all of the drama with the succession stuff was playing out as succession was airing its final season <laughs> this past year. I mean, it was kind of crazy. It's almost like they do it totally on purpose. I know. Yeah. T- I mean, it's amazing. But Lachlan officially, you know, will be the chosen one. I mean, this, this has been in the works for years, as we know, but it'll all formally take effect where, where Rupert's semi-retirement will be official. And, you know, at that time, they do have a story to sell to Wall Street, a story about Tubi, for example, right? Being early in that space uh, with with the ad-supported streaming. The other area you've got to give credit is is the sale to Disney. What yeah. was what was the Disney battle recently about over carriage? It was about getting rid of those, you know, tiny cable channels like Nat Geo Wild. Well, those are the ones Rupert was able to sell off five years ago. Yeah, Fox has pared down its offering. So this coming apocalypse in cable, where a lot of these channels are just going to go away or be worthless, Rupert got rid of those. I mean, if, let's talk about specifically the Fox business, because as you know, the, the, the Fox Corp, business is Fox News, which has the lion's share of revenue and profit. It's the Fox Broadcasting Company, which is the Fox Network. It is Fox Sports, which pays $2 billion a year to the NFL to air NFL games. And it has World Series and all these other sports rights. It's Tubi, which is becoming a bigger part of the business. And Lachlan talks about that all the time. And it's this streaming service, Fox Nation, which we don't know very much about. And you get into that in the book a little bit. Yes, and, and Fox Nation is interesting because it was a, a, a relatively early launch uh, by Fox ahead of, you know, CNN Plus, which survived for a month. RIP, um, pour one peace. out for CNN Plus. Yes, that's right. Thank by the you way, for you. my claim to fame, tell everybody, yes. I was the you were final guest final show. Yes. of the Reliable Sources show on CNN Plus. After me, there was nobody else could come on. So look, credit to Fox Nation. They at least outlived CNN Plus. Um, so Fox Nation was early in, in doing this in some ways in the news space, in the news slash right-wing rage space. But the company's never revealed a number of subscribers. Uh, and, and so I report in the book that right now it's on track to top 2 million by the end of this year. So, you know, it's been going on five years now. They're on track to top 2 million. It just goes to show how hard it is to build one of these niche services around news slash politics, Right. Fox has had a lot more success in some other areas with niche streamers, but but not really with Fox Nation. Now, I'm going to get blasted by Fox News executives for saying that, but it's true. It's been really hard for them to build something that Fox News loyalists will pay for online. And maybe that's because the flagship channel already super serves their interests. You right. know, they've got 24-7 right-wing talk already. Right. It was pitched initially as the streaming service for Fox super fans. Like, if you love the primetime lineup and can't get enough, you can watch it 24 hours a day on the service. And they were going to have you know exclusive documentaries from Tucker Carlson, the stuff that was like too hot to air on Fox. 
And recently, like they had, you know, they had this Dennis Quaid kind of weird Top Gun style show. And it's like morphed into more. They didn't they have a Kevin Costner talking about yes, like the Yellowstone, about Yellowstone National Park to kind of like graft off of that. It's 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 this weird amalgam of like extreme politics and also kind of like Heartland style Nat Geo programming. Yeah, they revived cops after cops went right. off uh, amid the Black right. Lives Matter protests. So it's that kind of conservative entertainment. But, you know, I, I talked with sources there uh, who had seen some of the, the web views, the traffic, the, the the video views for Fox Nation. I had somebody say, you know, more people live in my neighborhood than there are watching some of these shows. And that was a gripe of Tucker Carlson's. He was frustrated by the technology. He thought the platform sucked. He, he said so uh, in, in a tape that later leaked. He was frustrated by that service. But, you know, there's a counter argument there about Tucker, which is, he he argued, uh, this happened in November of 2020, just as the big lie was forming, just as Fox was spreading lies about Dominion, just as the network was going to the ringer because the viewers wanted Biden to lose and Trump to win. Tucker Carlson pitched this uh, network expansion. He, he wanted to have his own shows on Fox Nation, his own documentaries, his own interviews. Fox gave him everything he wanted. And then he underperformed on Fox Nation. It wasn't really a success on Fox Nation. So hmm. I make the case in the book that one of the 20 or 30 reasons why he was eventually canned is because those ratings online showed that he was not as irreplaceable as he seemed. He liked to puff out his chest and seem like he was irreplaceable, seemed like he was untouchable, but actually he wasn't. Yeah, and honestly, uh, this, the Fox News streamer, I mean, the, the fundamental problem is that the audience at Fox is so old. They're just used to turning on the TV. And that's a great business if you want to run catheter commercials and, you know, diabetes medication commercials. But getting those people to sign up for and regularly tune into a streaming service is it's a tough ask. Well, this is why there's been speculation that Rupert and Laughlin want to swoop in and buy something like the Daily Wire. You know, and I've had people at the Daily Wire ask me, is this what's going to happen? You know, are we just waiting around until Fox buys us? But why would they need that? I mean, foxnews.com is a pretty formidable quotes around news source for people. Why yeah. do they need another news outlet like that? I guess the, the argument in favor of it would be that you would be buying a younger demographic, you'd be buying a younger audience and adding it on. But you're right that foxnews.com... Oh, so it, it reaches younger people, is what you're saying. Yes, but you're right that foxnews.com is a serious contender in, in right-wing web traffic. And your point about the cable industry is, is crucial. You know, the Fox News audience is 60, 65, 70, 75, 80 and up. And, you know, that's why they can't rely on cable fee increases anymore just to keep growing. Uh, I did think it was notable, and they were out in the marketplace this year renewing their affiliate deals. Uh, I mentioned in the book that Lachlan would like to get $3 a month for Fox News. Unclear if he actually made it to that mark or not, but I did see a recent Moffat Nathanson report saying that Fox has quietly renewed all of its deals uh, for several years without any blackout threats, without any drama. So the, the point in the analyst note was, hey, this is a good mix uh, of businesses that Fox has. Um, again, though, they can't just keep raising prices anymore because they're not being able to make up for all the subscriber losses. I can see why the cable carriers don't want to fight with Fox News. Last thing they want is, you know, the, the Fox people out there claiming censorship. Censorship. And, you yeah. know, the, the, you renewed 10 different liberal news networks, but you won't renew the conservative network. Like, I can see why. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value 
with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All the analyst reports always say Fox is remarkably stable. And despite all of the controversies and the scandal and the payouts, it is right. a, I mean, ad revenue this past quarter, which was hurt because of the ad revenue slowdown, it dropped like $20 million, like not that much. And we're heading into an election cycle in 2024 where Lachlan is already talking about how Fox is going to benefit from that. And I think they will. And it's just like, until the reality of a cable TV apocalypse is upon us, which will come at some point, Fox is just going to chug along. Yeah, I think the, the counter argument that I would present just for fun is mm-hmm. like the, the channeling James Murdoch argument. The liberal son, the outcast, the one on the outside, no involvement in the business at all. But of course, you know, a member of the family, a member of the trust, and there will be drama once Rupert Murdoch passes away. I think the argument from the James Murdoch camp would be, these assets have been so poorly managed. You know, look at Fox's stock in five years. It's down 25%. It hasn't moved. It's only slid downwards in the last five years since the spinoff. News Corp, at least, uh, up 50% over five years. But, you know, you, you could make an argument that Fox has just sat in place or fallen behind from that point of view as a shareholder. I get that. But isn't that just that the they are riding things out? They have chosen, this was a deliberate choice by Rupert, to not compete for the next generation of media, which is going to be streaming. They did not invest. They sold to Disney, and they are content to be a smaller business that is going to ride out the cable television era. And at some point, Fox will be worthless, and they will have to figure out whether this goes on in a digital format or not. But until then, they're just going to stay the course. And extract and and make make more money for the family in the meantime. Yeah. I think that's right. They chose not to try to play in the streaming arms race. Uh, and, and there's some wisdom to that. You see it at Fox Broadcasting, too. I mean, the level of ambition at the Fox network is so low. I mean, they barely have a scripted offering. They did a show a couple of seasons ago, Monarch, which was their attempt at like a Yellowstone audience, country music, family drama, very expensive and it flopped. And they really haven't tried anything since. They've got animation that they increasingly own because they have Bento Box there, which is an animation production studio. They have a few comedies that they will try. And they have reality Mm -hmm. shows like Lego Masters that are less expensive (laughs) and that can, you know, ride out the downturn in broadcast TV. Their output deal is with Hulu. So these shows do have a second life. And then they've got Tubi, where they can monetize on the free streaming tier. Right. That's not a bad business. And then you throw in there the sports component. They have premium sports rights, NFL, World Series, soccer, all of this stuff that they can they can put on Fox and Fox Sports. Like, that's not a bad business. I noticed uh, the Fox Sports head of research the other day bragging about live event viewing so far this year. Fox with 181 billion minutes of viewing, you know, the first uh, 10 months of the year. CBS, 162 billion and down from there. Yeah, because they hate the Netflix comparison because Netflix do, does yes. that, you know, and they're like, right. wait, what the fuck? We're we're now getting outviewed <laughs> by Netflix. No, we're not. 
you know, we have tons of viewership and Netflix is getting all the credit. I get it. The question is $2 billion a year to the NFL is a lot and it makes sense in 2023. But this NFL deal goes through 2033. In 10 years, are the affiliate fees going to be enough? And is the ad market going to be enough on linear to justify that cost? Or are we going to have to see some kind of a reapproach to these deals, especially mm. at Fox, to put these games on streaming somewhere? And then to bring it full circle back to Fox News, remember the headlines a couple years ago? Here's one of them from USA Today. NAACP calls out the NFL. Don't fund Fox News hatred, bigotry, lies. You know, the, it was a really interesting strategic move for the NAACP to say to the NFL, rethink this relationship because Fox News is so poisonous. And that, I think, is the X factor whenever we're talking about Fox News You think that matters? As a whole. It didn't I feel matter. like that's no. noise. I think that's noise. I would say it matters in the following way. There's always this cloud hanging over the entire business because of what happens at Fox News. And that $800 million in settlement payouts, that's not nothing. That is extraordinary. That no, was it's not nothing. You're right. And, it's, and there's more to come. And it's not over. That's right, right. Because the Smartmatic case could end up being even bigger against Fox. And who knows what's going to happen on Fox during this election? I mean, they, ha- they now mostly tape delay their Trump interviews because they're terrified of what the guy's going to say. They do. They don't let him on live uh, because <laughs> of the legal. I mean, think about that. The freaking former president isn't allowed to yeah. go on uh, you know, Fox News live because they're terrified of getting sued. And I was watching during the uh, off-year election coverage where, where Fox was pretty muted, pretty understated. They were not very excited about uh, the election. And of course, they were not excited about the results that favored Democrats in several states. But, you know, you watch Fox News these days and you wonder, is reality going to win out or are the lies going to win out? Are they going to are they going to go back into election denial mode? And that's going to be a real challenge in 24. You're absolutely right. What's that going to be like in 24? And how are those pending lawsuits going to affect those decisions? I just think that's the kind of overhang, the kind of cloud that does not exist over Comcast or Paramount or WBD. True. But Fox News has been resilient and it always seems to survive these controversies. And if the lawsuits don't bring it down, I don't think the political noise around the network is going to. Now, it may poison other aspects of their business, but the other aspects now don't matter. I mean, back when they own the movie studio and the TV studio, it was a problem. It wasn't as big of a problem because the scandals weren't as big pre-Trump. If they own the movie studio and the TV studio during all the Dominion stuff, I Mm. think we would have seen more Hollywood people speak out against Fox, refuse to work with them, demand to get out of their deals. You know, the Seth MacFarlane treatment. The way that Seth used to make noise, right. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane, Steve Levitan, the creator of Modern Family, said stuff about Fox. Like, there were creators that didn't like the Fox News relationship when Fox was a real gigantic media company. And if it were the same today, I think you would have seen defections, but they don't have to worry about that for the most part. And, you know, here I am, you know, trying to hold Fox News accountable, trying to go through these Dominion documents, do a whole book about it. And I'm still addicted to Family Guy. I don't miss an episode. Of course. Or The Simpsons. The Simpsons has been on a roll lately. Well, (laughs) now most of your money goes to Disney. So you can at least feel a little better about that. <laughs> but, you know, it does keep the show on the air on Fox and that money does go to the to the Murdochs. <laughs> Where are we in the ongoing painful codependency between Fox News and Donald Trump right now? What, what's the what's the current status of that relationship? I describe it as a rubber band. Uh, One side pulls apart, the other side pulls apart, but they always snap back together. And I would say both sides are pulling right now. 
the thing about a rubber band is it will snap eventually. Like it will break. There will be a break. You think so? I do, but I don't think it's happening right now. I don't think it's happening in 24. I mean, they openly were for DeSantis until that imploded, right? And, you know, they won't let him on live. He shunned the debates. It seems like kind of a cold war at this point. So that's a really interesting analogy because, yes, both sides want to be viewed as the the stronger and the one that can destroy the other. It's 100% mm-hmm. true. If you zoom in, if the more you zoom in, the more of these spats you see, the more disputes, the more angry messages from Trump. When you zoom out, you see Fox is the MAGA network. Not necessarily the Trump network, but the Trump fan network. Yeah, well, that was the original vision, populism. Yeah. Roger Ailes, one of the populist network. And so they, they tolerate Trump. They cheer for him whenever they can, however they can. And yes, he's never going to be happy. You know, there's a there's a quote in the book that hasn't been reported before. Rupert Murdoch describing his conversations with Trump. And in one conversation, one of their final conversations in 2020, before they stopped speaking altogether, Trump says, you're 90% good, but I need you 100% good. And Rupert, and, and this is a very like self-serving story for Rupert to tell, he says, you can't have that. You can never have 100%. And I think, you know, the reality is, Fox is 90, 95% good. He's never going to be happy with, you know, what percentage he gets from, from Fox. Yeah. But Lachlan, the chosen son, he's more Trump amenable. He's not as hostile toward Trump. He, he doesn't right. hate Trump the way that his father does. So if anything, Lachlan and this transition, to the extent that this is a real transition, could benefit Trump. Is it a real transition? Is, is Rupert actually retired? <laughs> like, this doesn't seem in character for him to just kind of give up power or influence or walk away. Like, even Lachlan no, said he's going to still be involved. Yeah, and, and everyone's gone out of their way to say how involved Rupert will still be. But when you hear that, you, you kind of wonder, right? It'd be trying too hard to, to prove something. Uh, the way I describe it in the book is semi-retirement. And I think that's the most accurate way to describe this. It's semi-retirement. It's never, never a full retirement. But he's not um, ill or clearly, anything, right? Not that we know of, and, and I think we will hear from him, you know, when mm-hmm. when this all goes down and he'll make comments, uh, I believe. I don't know that for sure, but I think we will. Um, I think most importantly, this is not the end of the season. If this was succession, this is not the season finale. It's mm-hmm. just like a mid-season break or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, the draw. We, we've talked about everything that's coming. I mean, that the succession stuff is going to be nuts. Well, the succession's up with the kids, but before that, potentially, I think a, another shot at re-merging Fox and News Corp. Uh, I, I don't think we should be surprised to see that in the next couple of years. Rupert wanted that last year, couldn't get it. Um, I don't think that's going away. All right, last question, morning show. This season, I've noticed that there's a lot more media business stuff. You know, the company's going through a merger, and there's a lot of discussion of the the streaming service and putting the star on the streaming service, very much like the Tucker Carlson situation. How much do you contribute to those scripts? (laughs) Well, the showrunner this season uh, and next season, Charlotte Stout, is amazing. Uh, She picked right up where Carrie Aaron left off in season two. And was, you know, Charlotte was just really interested in these conversations about what is a broadcast network now? What is the value of a broadcast network? What's the value of a morning show or an evening news show, right? And I love how on the morning show, we keep expanding the world. So this season, you did see the, you know, the evening news and Bradley's anchoring the evening news. Um, So Reese with the space. And Reese went to space, and so so that's an example of my that's an example of my involvement. I mean, I it's it's a wonderful little role for me where I just I talk to the writers about, hey, here's what happened when Michael Strahan went to space on GMA. Here's how yeah. GMA produced it, right? right? How could we how could we make the most of this? That's that's really my role. And now we are hard at work on season four, and I've been bringing people in to talk to the writers about various ideas we have. All right, well, pretty nice, good for you. Um, you have a lot going on. I find your you to be an incredible content machine and you've always been that way. So thanks for coming on. (laughs) Thank you. That's coming from the OG content machine yourself. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Thanks. We are back with the call sheet. Craig, you watch a lot more football than I do. You watch an unhealthy amount of NFL football and are a noted fantasy football expert. What are you thinking of the broadcast this year? I actually think every pairing is quite good. Uh, I think we're in a great place. I love Aikman and Buck doing Monday Night Football, and I think Burkhart and Greg Olson are doing a great job on Fox. The only place I, I feel like is struggling is Amazon with Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels, which has the vibe of like a son and a father-in-law trying to get through a dinner. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, are you a Tony Romo guy? I am. I think he's falling off a little bit, but I see he shows up for big moments still. He picks his spots. He used to you know, hit hard every week, but now yeah. it's only for good games. He always feels to me like he's had too much coffee. Like he's on, he's, he's dialing it up to 11 all the time. Yeah, he tries to make jokes. He tries to keep it lively. He's definitely like a, a different color guy than we're used to. But he's great. I do like him. So you mentioned the Fox commentators and just dovetailing off of what we talked about with Brian and Fox. It's interesting that you like Greg Olson in that role because famously Greg Olson is the placeholder for the big announcement that Lachlan Murdoch made last year that Tom Brady is going to be joining the Fox booth whenever he determines that he is ready to go into broadcasting. This was supposedly a 10-year, 300-and-something million-dollar deal. What was the actual number? 375, I believe. 375. So $37 million a year to be in the booth on Fox. And my prediction is that I don't believe that is ever going to happen. I don't think Tom Brady is ever going to join that booth for very specific reasons. Namely, I don't think anyone wants that to happen. Brady might need the money. He did just get divorced and he does like money. But I don't think Brady sees himself as a sit in the booth kind of guy. I think he sees himself as a sit in the owner's box kind of guy. And I think Fox is looking at the ratings this year for football and they're fine. They're going up They're or they're, they're not going down without a huge name. And if they can save $37 million a year, not having Tom Brady in the booth, they would love that. They got the value out of making the announcement that they wanted Tom Brady. It got everyone excited, and the NFL was pleased that they were making that kind of investment. But if Brady quietly walks away from this and doesn't do it, and Fox can say, we tried, and it didn't happen, everybody wins, and they will continue chugging along with Greg Olson. It's actually kind of a nice situation for Brady because you can almost spin it to, to kind of say that this is beneath Brady. That like, is Brady really going to fly to every city once a week and sit with Kevin Burkhart and cover a game? Kind of feels like he wouldn't do that. And also, I don't think he would be as good as Greg Olson even if he did do that. No, he's probably not very good. That's the other thing is that, like, it's not easy. Romo is making it look easy for an ex-quarterback. But, you know, there's a lot of these guys that try and flounder. Remember Jason Witten on Monday Night Football? Like, it was clear after one game that this guy was not right for Monday Night Football and, you know, lasted a season, but he was out. And, you know, Brady might be better, and there's the star factor there. But this way, if he doesn't do it, he can actually kind of, you know, it's almost like magnanimous. Like, oh, I, you know, I think Greg Olson's doing a great job. Like, you know, I don't need to do that. Or I have other things going on in my career that are preventing me. He does have a production company, and he's got a bunch of other things going on. Like, I just don't. I just don't think that'll ever happen. I think that's correct. Burkhardt and Olsen did the Super Bowl last year, and they did a great job. So I, I don't think Fox is is needing of Brady. Over and over, 
we are seeing that the announcing teams don't really move the needle that much on ratings. They are there mostly to placate the league and to make the league think that you care so much about the product that you're willing to invest in the product. But Tom Brady on the main broadcast, like, seems beneath him now, seems beneath Fox because they don't need it. So I think it won't happen. All right, that's the show for today. I want to thank my guest, Brian Stelter. I want to thank producer Craig Holbeck, our editor, Jesse Lopez. And I want to thank you. We'll see you later this week. <laughs>